Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. You are loved, you belong, and you have a unique purpose from God. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. Here's today's message. Good morning, City Life. Good to have everybody here today. Shout out to those tuning in online. Today kicks off the future. We all want to know that we're going to make a difference in our lifetime. We want to believe that the future is bright. Things happen in life that our belief gets a little dim, clouded, discouragement sets in, and it seems like the hope for the future is just, it's rare. And this month we're praying to ignite that God has good plans for us, but why? Why would we believe that? And that's inside of us, but that's also outside of us for the next generations. We'll talk about why City Life believes so much in the kids and why we believe that God is allowing us to be a part of a story that's ancient and futuristic. Because it started a long time ago before you and I were ever here And God is allowing us to be a part of the future that he's designing. And we partner with him in the new thing. And then at the end of the month, we're going to roll out a kickoff to the Love the City truck mobilization for this summer. And that will be July 4th, a holiday weekend where many of us might be gone on vacation. But you know who won't be gone on vacation? Those who don't have the means to be gone on vacation. So we think it's a great time uh, to celebrate the freedom of Jesus Christ that comes close and the truck is what that is all about. This table, I hope it's secure to hold this laptop. This stage, I hope it's secure to hold me standing on. That seat, you hope it's secure. When you drive on the highway, you hope that your car's secure We all want to feel the security to know that we're safe. When we think about the future, is it one that's filled with security or insecurity and fears and doubts? I would dare venture you're like me, and at some point, um, the future kind of got a little clouded, and the outlook for it wasn't as adventurous as we all longed for it to be. And as a kid... I had a dream where my first love for sports was not basketball, it was football. Sixth grade, I was our team MVP. There was this one game I played where I had six carries, four touchdowns, 163 yards at halftime, but who's counting? I knew what it was like to be the fastest, but something changed in ninth grade, and I can still remember this moment where the future of the NFL was ripped right from behind me. Behind me because I'm running on a kickoff and I'm going forward and I'm gone. And and, and anyone who's played football and if you've been in one of the skilled positions, wide out, you know, kick returner, punt returner, running back, when you have 
when you see open field and you have speed, you have wheels, you're gone, that means six, touchdown, put it up. But something happened that game where I got collar tackled from behind, and I remember the team was, oh, I got off the sideline, everyone was cheering like, yeah, yeah, great run. It was like a 45-yard uh, return on the kickoff. And I remember pausing. For whatever reason, this still impacts me today, thinking, dang, I'm not going to the NFL. Everybody was cheering, but I knew I'm not the fastest anymore. I already knew I wasn't the biggest. So you can't play football as a running back, kick returner, if you're going to be the smallest and not the fastest. I'm sure there's people that break the exception, but in ninth grade, that became surreal. So the future for the NFL started to get crushed. That's a story to just say, hey, I think that's a glimpse of all of our lives. The future that what we believe for today, what we believe for tomorrow, when we don't get what we want, when we start to see battles and discouragement, the losses in our own heart, we think, ah, the future is not bright. It's not secure. The cares of this world sweep in. Today is titled, my future though. You know what my future is? It is secure. It's not horse collar tackled. It's not getting caught from behind. My future is secure. All right, preacher, how's it secure? Well, a very popular verse in a popular chapter here at City Life is Jeremiah 29. Verse 11 says, for I know the plans I have for you. This is the Lord's declaration, plans for your well-being, not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. How is that true? God's people, the context there, they were in a city they didn't want to be in. They were taken captives because of their sin. God sent them there, almost like a punishment. Say, hey, you've been choosing the world's ways. I'm going to let the world take you captive. And then what I want you to do is seek the welfare of that city. Because in the welfare, the city's welfare, you'll find your welfare. And then he goes on to say, hey, then you'll seek me. Then you'll find me. And I have plans for you for your well-being, not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Seems like there's uh, two polarizing responses in Jesus Christ to this, which is some of us that are always saying, my God's got a good future for me. Oh, he, he, he's he's going to do good, and we don't ever want to tell people we're going through stuff. And then the other side is, there's no way God is for me. Look at what's happened. Is it possible, friend, that this verse is true even when we're in a context that's very tough? So I submit today, you know how it's true? This verse is fulfilled already. And it will come to full fruition when the kingdom is fully presented in front of the world, but the kingdom has already come. And the kingdom came through a person. And that person's name is Jesus Christ. This scripture is fulfilled for us, God's people God's chosen people, those in Jesus. Anyone can be in Jesus if they believe in God's son. I have a future that's already secure because Jesus has fulfilled this. So my future is secure. 
Look at how Jesus talks in John 6. For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but the will of him who sent me. This is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose none of those he has given me, but should raise them up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him will have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. To have security in Christ, to have future in Christ, means we will be raised up at the end of the world. On the last day that this planet ever sees, we will be raised up in Jesus Christ. In Jesus, he's, he's batting a thousand. He's scoring every touchdown. He's never getting caught from behind. He will not lose one of us in Christ. Our future is for sure not secure outside of Jesus. He's building our house on sand, our lives in constant turmoil. Sin, it feeds and it's fun for a moment, but it always ends with a dead end. In Jesus, it's secure. John 14, he says this as well. In my Father's house are many rooms. Think of this, the security he's saying. If it were not so, would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you? If I go away and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself so that where I am, you may be also. The, the, the picture that's being painted here in our timeline, our timeline when we think future, we think dreams, we think NFL, they're still short-sighted. Short-sighted because we're thinking lifetime. We're not thinking generations. And when we tap into legacy mode, impact, strength, we're getting outside of ourselves to not just score a touchdown for me, but I'm thinking futuristic of what I get to be a part of. This ancient story that God's been writing that is now back to redemptive plan, that we're back with God, that is in Christ, that we can go forward and still be restored back in the garden. Vocation can happen until he does make all things new. And where is he at? He's preparing a place for us. He's already made the way. He won't lose us. He gives us eternal life. Our future gets clouded when we're focused on our lifetime. Our future starts to feel insecure when we're looking at ourselves. When we look at the surroundings of what's happening, the cares of this world constantly beating us down. And look, we all will go through seasons of doubt, discouragement, disappointment. But my God, I pray that we know that our future is secure in Jesus Always. He won't lose us. First Peter puts it this way. They know hard times. An emperor named Nero is persecuting Christians so strong, he's lighting the city on fire so he can rebuild it, y'all. He's mocking Christians and blaming them. Christians are being burned alive and executed in full, broad daylight so everyone in public can see. Don't follow the way of Jesus. But here's how Peter writes in chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, because his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection 
of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. The future is so bright. The future is so secure. It's imperishable. It can't fade. It can't be taken away. We can't buy this type of kingdom. We can't buy this type of security. We find it by losing ourselves. Then we gain everything. In our context, the persecution we face, the doubts, the challenges, they're real. But my goodness, when we're looking at this lifetime or looking from within, we're missing the security that Christ is truly offering. So as we go back to Jeremiah 29 to read that verse again, to read it, to believe it, because what we put in front of our face most often will become what we believe. And we have a lot of stuff going in our head. We have to slow down and get God's word in front of us, in us, devouring it, wrestling with it, crying out, saying, God, I, I don't know if my future is secure. And let him speak to those lies, the doubts. And he'll tell you, oh, is Christ not seated on high? Is the cross not enough? What do you need? We have it all, friends. And when God's people, back in Jeremiah's time, when they're under the Babylonian rule, and they're taught to bloom there so they would show a countercultural world but also be connected to the world that their success and our success, everyone made in the image of God is so important. But God told them, hey, I got a future for you. I got plans for you. Read it. This is the Lord's declaration, plans for your well-being, not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. So the question we have to ask ourselves today, are we expectant God has a future and a hope for us? I think we would all say, I am today, I am. What comes out of our lips, though? Is it one filled with hope, filled with a positive outlook on the future? Friend, I think we're all guilty of not having hope, not having a bright outlook on the future. So if we're all guilty, how do we change it? Well, let's water ourselves again so many times by God's word. But to understand security, the definition is um, it's fixed or fastened. Because when I'm thinking of the future, I'm thinking if I have a hope, it's secure. And if Christ is secure, I need to understand what that would mean. A verb would be that it's attached. I'm attached even firmly to Christ. It cannot be moved or lost. So if I'm secure with Christ, if I've got a future and a hope in Christ, it's secure. It won't be lost or moved. It's fixed. It's attached. And the word secure comes from the Latin origin, and the Latin word is securus, and that means this, without care. If I'm in Christ... I'm without care of what's happening that is contrary to Christ's finished work that is complete, final, and I can't be lost. He's preparing a home for me. My future is bright. The future is secure. My future is secure. Just by telling ourselves that, things start to change. 
And if we don't let that hope grow, what happens is it's like what Proverbs 13 says. Look at Proverbs 13, 12. It says, hope delayed. You know what it does? When you're waiting on something, you're waiting on that job call back, you're waiting on a family member to change, you're waiting on a better report from the doctor. You just want something to change. Well, eventually, hope delayed, what it does is it makes the heart sick. And the older we get, the more sick our hearts become unless we let God's word, God's people, the finished work of Christ, wash us, wash us, wash us. But desire fulfilled is like a tree of life. What kind of desire? God is a good dad. He always wants to give us our desires. But we have to see it in light of what desire he's already given us. So if you're ranking it, God, I got desire. Somebody might say, I want to be married or I want a different house. I got a desire. I want to go to the NFL. I got a desire. Yeah, 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 yeah. Get that. God cares. But he's a good dad. I love hearing about the toys my kids want to get. But I want to know the prioritization first. Do they know I love them and they love me? Are they seeing the world that they are being used by God to make a difference? That's more important than a toy. We have Jesus Christ. What? We have him. And he's awesome and he's secure. And he's perfect and he is imperishably majestic. These are big words to describe an awesome, simple God that came down from heaven to do the will of God, the will of God to find us, rescue us, and bring us back home. So let's read it again now. To see Jeremiah 29, as fulfilled in Christ, my future is secure. Then when we're reading this, we're not just being naive, happy-go-lucky, oh, my future's secure, I, my future's hope in God, it's going to be fine. No, yeah. Or just, nah, he didn't deliver. You imagine them reading this, the tough times they're in. To be taken captives in a region they did not want to be. This is not the promised land, God. They taken over us. What is going on? And God says, yeah, I got you. But the fulfillment of even what I'm going to offer most to you won't happen in your lifetime. That does something good to our souls, I believe that, when we get outside of our lifetime, when we get outside of ourselves. And as we read this, Jeremiah 29, 11 again, so let it keep washing us to know that this is increasing our hope in Jesus Christ because God still talks this way today. We have a bright future, y'all. Our future is secure. you got to know you have a bright future Your future in Jesus is secure. Again, in the KJV this time, we're going to read different translations. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an an expectant end. Am I expecting that God can still move? Am I expecting that he's got a good future for me? Well, the message, this is God's word on the subject. As soon as Babylon, 70 years are up, not a day before, Oh, a whole lifetime, God, what? I'll show up and take care of you as I promised, and I'll bring you back home. I know what I'm doing. Just that. If we were to underline that one, whatever gap or lack we have, if we could just say, God, you know what you're doing. 
I have planned it all out. Plans to take care of you, not abandon you. Plans to give you the future you hope for. Jeremiah 29, 11, again, out of the NLT. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. How about the Amplified? For I know the plans and thoughts I have for you, says the Lord, plans for peace and well-being and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. I'm not sure if you can relate to this phone call, but I've been blessed with a supernatural gift called thinking. But sometimes I answer this phone call and it's overthinking. And when I'm overthinking, making the game too complex, thinking God's not for me and he's not, his ways aren't higher, overthinking, overthinking, overthinking. In those moments, I can feed the truth that my future's secure or I can answer and I can overthink. Fear is something we all will face. We all will feel that. But what's interesting about fear is um, we all have the opportunity to then press play on faith. Faith can override fear. We've got to choose it, though. How do we choose it? Well, even being here today, tuning in, it's inc- it reminding us to stir one another up in love towards good works until Christ comes back. We got to preach Christ to each other. Preach the gospel that saves us to each other. Be Bible believers that speak God's word, not just I think or I feel. Be honest to each other enough to lean in when it hurts. To say, hey, I think you're overthinking it. Well, you might be overthinking that I'm thinking that I'm overthinking it. (laughs) There's moments, though. Let's be honest. How do we then flesh this out? If my future is secure, there's times when people are at the end of their rope. Well, Romans 12 puts it this way. Rejoice with those who rejoice. You don't walk into a funeral with a marching band. You know, DJ's coming in like, we're here. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. But you also don't go to a wedding typically dressed in all black, lamenting. See, it's both and. My future's secure, but how this fleshes out on a day-to-day basis is we rejoice with those who rejoice and we weep with those who weep. And we can still say, when we're weeping, God's got a future and a plan. I don't know how, but I'm going to weep with you today. And then when somebody's rejoicing, we can say, man, we're getting a glimpse of the great future he has for us. And look at the hope that's being fulfilled right here, right now. This is powerful. See, a biblical hope is confident expectation of what God has promised and its strength in his faithfulness. That I believe that God's promises will override my doubt. Hope speaks of the future and faith speaks of now in life. Hope, I'm believing. I'm putting my faith and my trust today, but I'm believing that God's going to do something. Something beyond anything I can think or imagine because Christ 
proved that I am secure by his victory on the cross. Man, I pray we not, I pray we never outgrow that. Myself, I don't ever want to outgrow that. I can't find that on TikTok. I can't find that on YouTube. I can't find that on Netflix. And you might be able to say, hey, well, what about that chosen uh, video? Yeah, 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 maybe. But there's something just so beautiful about the simplicity of Jesus lives. And saying that to each other, showing up, holding each other. Maybe you've heard that, um, that uh, quote, like the best is yet to come said a lot in churches not knocking anybody sorry in advance for where we're going the best is yet to come best is yet to come well what happens in that thought too is we discount what we have today so if the best is yet to come was the best not in jesus i gotta ask that question so is the best yet to come but did jesus already do it so if jesus already did it isn't the best now isn't my future secure now and doesn't that also mean then that yes, he's going to lead me so there's more best to come because he's with me. And then one day he's coming back so the fullness of the best to come. So maybe it would be better to say it this way. The best is yet to come. Or the, the best is, has come. The best is here now. But the, there is the fullness of the best to come one day when he returns. You'd have to rewind that and write it again. So anytime you see the best is yet to come, yeah, yeah, Cool. But don't discount the security that you and me have today. The best is here now because Jesus already did it. The future is bright because Jesus has already won. Jesus is amazing, and he's leading us, and he's batting a 1,000. He's scoring every single time. Every single time. Um, I want to pray for a couple crowds. One, if you find yourself that you haven't been expectant that God will lead and the future is bright and you find hope pretty clouded in your hope meter, you'd say is, it's the gas lights on. And for those that would say that I believe God's going to meet us right here, right now. And in another crowd that I want to pray for is one, that says, I need the security of Jesus Christ. And you don't know him yet. And God's calling you back home. And I want to start with you, the second crowd. Because security doesn't even begin until we're in Jesus Christ. I pray God's grace for you right now that you would just say, hey, I'm a sinner. I can't do it. But Christ already scored the touchdown for me. And when he's calling me home, that's better than the NFL. It's better than, hey, I'm going to Disneyland. It's the best message. That is not something we just hear. But through God's spirit makes us brand new, we're born again. And then no matter what persecution this world throws at us, what captivity We know first, our foundation, our cornerstone is secure because my faith is in Jesus. I pray that you'll put your faith in Jesus right now. God, you're calling your kids back home. And by your spirit, I pray you'll make them brand new.
And for that first crowd, first crowd, if you'd say, I don't find myself hope-filled, I'm in a lot of conversations that don't sound like hope. They sound like they're with cares, not without care. They sound like they're filled with cares. What will happen to my life? Where are we going to go? When's it going to oh, oh, And the anxieties and the fears. Look, what, look, you want to ride with me? I get anxieties and fears too. You want to see doubt on a high level? Yeah, let's, let's go late nights. Come on. It is, it is difficult. But when it comes time, when the rubber meets the road, I pray we're not lying to each other, putting our hope in this world. I pray we're looking at each other and we're saying, man, Christ finished it all. Let's go flow from his finished work. Grab each other. Get them back up. Weep with those who weep. Rejoice with those who are rejoicing. And look at Christ until he comes back, right? Like that is the beauty of what we have. And when we come together on Sundays, I'm, I'm assuming there's some interest in Christ already. So this is rallying the team. It's a, it's a little different than if I'm just out there. We're not preaching um, to unbelievers the same way we would be preaching to believers every day. You know, this is huddle family speech. But in the family of God, we got to be honest. Is it one filled like Jeremiah 29, 11, that we believe the Lord has already declared? We got a future. We got a hope. And that my future is secure in Jesus Christ. And what's on my lips, what's in my heart, what's in front of my face, wow, that is convicting, friend. That is challenging, friend. And I think that's for all of us, that we would say, hey, today I need a brighter outlook on the future. And if that's you, if you want to just raise your hand, home, raise your hand. God loves when people say, yep. I need more hope. I'm raising my hand today. Father, you see these hands extended. And I pray that there's a new future and a new hope over them right now. One that was coming through the ancient message that is fulfilled in Jesus Christ. It's already happened. Our future's secure. And right now, all of the doubt is being burnt off. All of the cares. We are without care today because we have Christ. That's not naive. That's not happy-go-lucky. That is the beauty of the good news. We got Jesus. We got you, Lord. And I thank you for what you're depositing in your people today. That we'll believe in the future, that our life matters. We won't be so so short-sighted on our lifetime, but the forever lifetime. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Well, as we leave today, I want to pray this just over us corporately, and it's Romans 15, 13. It says, may the God of hope, how cool, God's got a lot of names, but he's a God of hope, fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Our future's secure, y'all. We got groups on Wednesdays, 6 p.m. Come, we'd love to have you. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, we're inviting you to be a part of this team. Make City Life your home. To be a member at City Life, it's called the Dream Team. You can go to the website. You can say, hey, I'm in. If you got a prayer request, there's a little link on the website that says connect. Click that, type it in. Let's not carry this alone. In this month, let's get ready for the story he's writing through us because we are being used by God for the new thing, ancient yet futuristic. So we'll be back next week with another installment in the future series. I'm excited. I know what's coming. Well, I believe uh, 
the Lord, I'm, I'm trusting, if the Lord wills it, we're actually going to talk about that next week. If the Lord wills it, it's coming. But we're planning and we're preparing for it. 10 a.m. and 11.30, all races, all faces, and all ages, you belong here. We're going to keep loving the city one life at a time. And we won't stop until he makes all things new. Have the best day of your lives, y'all. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. To get connected, learn more, and invest financially, go to citylifelansing.com.